we should have a, a sponsorship with Monster. I was just thinking that yeah. earlier. Yeah, why don't you turn that can a little bit there? Let's yes, uh, just in case. Or yeah. should I turn it away? Oh no, no. <laughs> it's a nice can, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah, very cool. I like that. What's the name for that? Like, actually, very fitting that we're talking about uh, Towns Van Zandt today. And you see that s- that skeleton there? That's the sh- like a Mexican thing. Sugar isn't skull. It? Yeah, like it, that's a thing, right? Like where you yeah, I- is it a there Mexican thing or am I being um, completely right? No, there? I think you're you're right. It actually well, all their mon- all the monster cans have. You can read that if you want. Oh, eh. it's oh, the it's yeah. the day. Um, I mean, half of it's in another language, but okay. it's just about the drink and um, yeah. Uh, sorry, I think it says yeah yeah yeah. yeah well, anyway, that's yeah, sugar skulls. But uh, being that Towns Van Zandt, his most uh, popular song is called uh, Poncho and Lefty. Right. That was uh, kind of his signature song. Um, And the the chorus is, uh, all the federales say they could have had him any day. They only Mm -hmm. let him slip away out of kindness, I suppose. So it's a story of two guys, and, you know, it's uh, it's hard to know uh, what exactly happens in the song. I think that's why it was so brilliant. He, he He is the ultimate storyteller yeah. um he's also the ultimate uh you know i could get slapped for saying this but he's the ultimate guy where i would rather hear other people sing his songs yeah <laughs> we I listened mean, to a bit as we were setting up here yeah, it doesn't sound like he was trained <laughs> no, de- no definitely not trained he's trained uh, uh i believe they call it a road scholar r-o-a-d oh, okay. as opposed to roads so anyway right. um yeah so you should maybe crack that open a bit we're, sure. we're just ta- yeah, talking officially about uh oh how about these cold opens? Hey, my name is Karak yeah. Hendricks, <laughs> Cohen Hendricks across the table. We're talking about Towns Van Zandt's debut album, For the Sake of the Song. We, uh, we're opening up the copy here from the Vinyl Me Please Essentials series. They just started a, a country stream now. Oh, yeah. They, the, the country that they had done over the last, uh, I, I don't know how long they've been going now, but... Well, you've been subscribed for a while because I remember yeah. you, you said you were going to unsubscribe after like three months, and then and they sucked like me in for three more months. <laughs> yeah, a few more months. <laughs> well, and then on top of that, they also do these amazing box set pr- uh, things. Like I still really want the Herbie Hancock one. Mm. Uh, I don't know why. I oh, I, I I do know why. Oh yeah, <laughs> take a look at uh, for anyone watching on YouTube. Yeah, that's the artwork that comes with it. So, um, Abby Lossing is the artist that's okay. on the back here. Yeah. So I guess. Check her out. Yeah, uh, that's very. Uh, cl- th- all I don't. I don't know if all of their albums have this, but the, a lot of them are accompanied by a piece of artwork that is inspired by either the artist or the album, and this is one yeah. of them. Uh, you can see why too. I mean, even the cover. That's the original cover. If I if I recall, like this album has a weird situation. Like when I made the playlist too, that album's not even available on streaming. Oh really? But he is one of these guys that like he's re-recorded a lot of his songs over the years, so. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate, but this one is available uh, on CD. I think it had been mm. reissued. Oh yeah, so they're and they're saying two thousand four or two thousand seven Fat Possum Records. Um, so yeah, again, don't know a whole pile about that, but mm. yeah, the Towns Van Zant um, history. I, I don't know a whole pile about him, but his his legacy is it's just beyond it's beyond compare. Um, you know. My first awareness of him, like he was just one of those names that you had to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Emmy Lou Harris version of Poncho and Lefty was the first one, but the the Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard duet 
was uh, it was a huge hit. So I yeah. presume that really helped him a lot over the years. He, like a lot of people that we end up talking about, he was uh, a really bad alcoholic and a drug mm-hmm. addict. And um, but you know the tortured elements of his life made for some amazing music. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah. It's like uh, Mac Miller's interview on uh, I think it was Larry King. He said that it's uh, like all my suffering wasn't for nothing. So I'm d- doing this, <laughs> doing this art. Cause you know, I don't, I don't yeah. want all of my pain to be for nothing. Yeah. So I may as well make something out of it. And then yeah. he died, <laughs> well, which sucks. It, but it, it does. It, it's just, it's sad that we, that's where things end up going. Mm-hmm. You know, they, um, we were talking about uh, like post Malone, like yeah. I will not be surprised to see him mm-hmm. dead. So well, like, did you see that actually um, a lot of people were comparing his performances? I think it was a few months ago now to Amy Winehouse's last performances, oh, yeah, which sucks. And then, I mean, I think a lot of people were on the other side of it, like, Oh, don't worry, whatever, blah, blah, oh. blah. And then I think he commented too on it, but I mean, regardless, I mean, when you openly admit that you're getting face tattoos, cause you think you're ugly. Oh. I mean, like, yeah. that's not something to just brush off your shoulder. Like, <laughs> just breaks my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because again, like a lot of these newer artists too, they're not necessarily people I'm I'm listening to, but they're definitely people that you either you're listening to or you're at least far more aware of, just in mm-hmm. your because of your generation. And we can put that together later too. Okay, it's, yeah. It's, I was gonna say good. I don't. Yeah. Does this go on the inside? No, that's an OB strip, so it always goes on the on outside. The outside but, uh, okay. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll. I'll just leave it out. That up too. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. We'll Give us, yeah. we might have to reference it later too. It's a beautiful package. Mm-hmm. And, and I just thought like, so I, long story short, I, I didn't have this album. Um, it's not available on streaming. It is available on CD. I think used at least, um, I could have picked it up, but I also have read too, that it's not a great record. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah. So a lot of these artists, you know, when they're, when they're this unpolished, that is where the beauty lies is the mm-hmm. fact that they're pretty raw, yep. but they often try to streamline it a bit to, to get some success. And mm-hmm. the guy I always say that was able to strike the balance was Guy Clark. So they were they were good pals. Mm-hmm. And um, they all came through that that lineage of, of Texas singer-songwriters. Um, and then... But Guy was able to find a way to maintain a level of, like, uh, success as a solo artist. Mm-hmm even though he and his, his wife, Susanna, were, were, you know, they were kind of like the, the mom and dad of, of right. that, that whole collection of songwriters. We talked about um, the movie Heartworn Highways. That is yes, going yeah, to be, yeah. yeah, we should probably watch that together. Yeah. Pretty soon I'm due for that again. Um, I have it on DVD. It had been out of print for a while. I think it's back again. Mm. Uh, Heartworn Highways was filmed in the mid-'70s, but it has a, you know, it, it just shows that snapshot of when there was... Sort of a torch handoff. Although these guys were were not even near the end of their careers by any means at that mm. time, but uh, you see a really young Rodney Crowell and a really young Steve Earle, right. who were uh, you know at the feet of these guys, and, yeah. and their paths then crossed. They became Steve and Rodney in particular became great songwriters in their own right, producers, artists. Um, but you know th- there would be no those guys if it wasn't for Towns and yeah. and definitely with Guy Clark too. Yeah, I kind of picture like I don't know someone like him as one of those, um, I guess, kings. Yeah. That that you don't really hear about. Well, it's funny how yesterday we were just talking about Lenny. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, our our industry is full of these 
tragic but inspiring stories um also i mean a guy like like blaze foley too yeah i don't know yeah <laughs> well i mean and again these are guys too that are like i i live in i i worship at the altar of these people even though i don't necessarily have a master's degree in studying them mm -hmm. right so um i am always in awe of them um and but i've, I've always been more interested in the people that can kind of bring it together i guess like a guy clark that you know he will always be remembered he's, he's passed on now but as one of the best songwriters of all time mm -hmm. any genre it doesn't matter there was no one that could tell a story better than him no one that could t turn a phrase um in fact in my opinion near the end like of his life he was so good it was almost like too good like I, there yeah. were some lines that were like like it, it almost didn't move me because you could tell he crafted it so well. Yeah. Like oh, it doesn't quite have like any any edge to it there, but it yeah. was still like just so brilliant, you mm. know. Um, just creative people that, uh, yeah. and I'm sure Guy had his was a bit tortured too. I I don't know you know a, a lot about him either, but I do remember meeting him. I oh that's really? one of my earliest memories. Yeah. Cool. So one of my first musical experiences is I went to the Edmonton Folk Music Festival when oh I was. Yeah five or six i think I, we went for a couple of years in a row and guy was there cool and uh, <laughs> yeah I, I i vagely remember like i don't really talk to him of course he but yeah. i just remember him being really tall and I, yeah. maybe he wasn't tall and i was just a little gaffer but yeah he that's was just like in front of you or no 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 my dad actually went to talk to him yeah cool. so <laughs> i went with him yeah because the the folk festival is was always will be this place where you can interact with the people that are there yeah I'm not sure if Edmonton in particular, the Folk Fest is, is unique that way, but it, it definitely is one of the leaders in that. Where so, so you go to a show, you know, they'll perform, let's say, Saturday afternoon, but the next sun, like the next day, Sunday morning, they're also doing like a, a workshop, like a master class uh, jam session in another tent over right. on the side. Uh, so I went when the, when the Folk Fest was early on, but they're it has grown and grown. Your mom and I went a few years back to see Brandy Carlisle, but uh, mm. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'd just rather stay home and watch stuff on TV, unfortunately. Like, but yeah. it, it is fun. And I, I mean, and, and that is the lifeblood of, of our careers. Your future career is festivals, mm -hmm. no matter what genre you're in. Yeah. Um, and, it, and there's a whole lifestyle around going to festivals, concerts, and, mm -hmm you're with your tribe when you're in those moments yeah. right so now we'll hopefully getting out of this this covid nonsense yeah you know, we can get back to get back to reality but yeah i'm not sure if town's ever made it up this way or not i i would imagine i'm sure there's a lot of uh, a lot of people that could could fill us in when did he die he died in uh in 97 yeah. okay yeah it's what uh, happened um officially cardiac arrhythmia caused by health problems from years of substance abuse, mm. according to the wiki. That makes sense. Uh, there is a documentary about him specifically, which I don't have, and it's out of print, and it's really expensive to buy used, so I'm going to have to go on the hunt. It might actually be in pieces on YouTube as well, but mm. it was called Be Here to Love Me. That's yeah. one of the songs we were just listening to as well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, he is... Uh, um, yeah, you know, if the wiki machine is to be believed, and I, I think it is because there's been enough already documented about him, where wiki falls down is when there's no references, right? So mm -hmm. it's it's built on the, the referencing, and it's also because it's a user-based thing, it relies on people checking yeah. checking it too and, and, and going in and correcting it. That reminds me of something we should do on here is a Wikipedia race, but like music-themed. I don't know if mm. I told you about those, but nope. you start on one wiki page, 
and try and end up at another and you can only use links the within links the page within. oh i hate there's nothing more i hate than when i'm in a wiki yeah. and the links aren't working properly oh yeah uh if i cared that much i would actually go in and fix them but <laughs> yeah like if you're re doing like a discography you can like it'll show you the one and then you can click one back or one forward mm -hmm. it'll show you but then sometimes you, you, you can't click the one or it's red because it's yeah, broken yeah. for some reason yeah so then you gotta like research or whatever uh, yeah yeah that would be yeah that would be a, a good a good, good episode idea. A good, um, good race yeah because some like sure. th there's a thing called stream sniping when people are streaming like things on twitch or whatever mm -hmm. and they'll if it's an online thing they'll people in the that are watching will go and kind of mess it up purposely on yeah. the stream and yeah some people like during wikipedia races have like edited some of the pages like during <laughs> the stream oh my god yeah, but yeah i think that would be fun uh, side content yeah. create. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's, uh, I'm, I'm going to try and get through this, um, this phase of you know, kind of going through the catalog and then mm -hmm. looking at it at another style podcast too, I think where I'll, it'll be more interview based and, mm -hmm. and topic based. This one is definitely the, my self-indulgent way to, to start just shaking the cobwebs off of my, yeah. uh, my collection, I guess, so to speak, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and and plus i'm trying to you know get as much time with you as i can in yeah, before you course, end up getting yeah. so busy that uh, you know i can't <sighs> yeah it's i was just <laughs> thinking about that uh yeah soon well yeah i mean that's <laughs> but that's that's the way it's supposed to be but yeah it's been yeah it's been cool <laughs> a fun journey for sure um but yeah they had so this album for the sake of a song this is technically his his debut album and um yeah i mean he was obviously discovered as a as an amazing singer songwriter but uh, you know they they put a lot of production elements on it, and it it, it just didn't. You know, clearly it didn't work for for any of them. And there are, it's so funny that so uh, Rodney Crowell ended up producing a, a, I think a couple albums for Guy Clark. But mm. um, so that's cool. And you know the student yeah, becomes uh, the definitely involved that because Rodney had had uh, married Roseanne Cash, and mm, right, Cash's right. daughter, and and became a, a very amazing producer in his own right. Mm -hmm. Uh, still one of my favorite producers, uh, but um, but anyway, he produced a, an album on on Guy, and and the song "The Randall Knife" is one of um, one of Guy's best known songs and best mm -hmm. songs anyway. But the song has like drums and like bass, like it's a full band production, and even Guy at the time. I read in an article later. He's like, "Yeah, I had to re-record that." He re-recorded it on an album later. He's like, "That should have never had uh, yeah. drums on it." And, and I can kind of see it. But I'm used to it the way it was done mm -hmm. with Rodney's treatment. But yeah. so sometimes, yeah, these guys—they're really hard to produce unless you just let them be acoustic-based, yeah. you know, music uh, like albums. Because the, the the beauty is in the songs. The problem you've probably had, and I've even had too, is that sometimes this stuff all sounds the same. Like there's mm -hmm. a, yeah, there are a couple different strumming patterns or finger picking patterns that a lot of these guys use. A lot of chord progressions. Yeah, the lyrics are great, of course, but you know, uh, didn't we talk about John Prine here not that long ago? Yeah, he kind of falls into this camp. Too, yeah, you know? it's like, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, th I think it can be said about anything. Like, I think it just depends on how much it grabs you at face value. Because like yeah. for hip hop, I think a lot of people that don't listen to it are probably just like, oh, it's just all. 808s and computer drums and people <laughs> rapping about drugs and yeah um and prog like you know oh it's yeah. just crazy time signatures and yeah. seven string guitars and yeah I don't well know. That's just <laughs> it's just not true but i mean yeah but i do understand At face value though if it if it grabs you and you can delve into it and explore the 
I guess, smaller uh, details and um, differences. That's kind of what keeps you in. But yeah, I think for me, like, I haven't been super grabbed by, uh, um, I guess, someone like Towns. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not yet, anyways. But you've been grabbed by people that heavily influenced. Definitely. Like, Definitely. like Isabel is the, the, the best example. Yeah. Of, like, there would be no Isabel without a, a Towns. Yeah. Ultimately. Exactly. Towns is, is in that, you know, the, the Dylan thing again. We talked a lot about that before, but yeah, the. You know the Bob Dylan thing really started this, this mm. idea, these these folky troubadours that are like living the life they're singing, and and yeah. that's why I definitely I have so much respect for these guys and gals. You know, yeah. mo- mostly mostly these dudes. You know, they were just writing these just heartbreaking songs, often from a place of living it. Yeah, you can't just you know. Well, I'm always kind of amazed when I. Uh, like, I mean, even looking at when we were going through that song and or the playlist just shuffling and like waiting, uh, waiting around to die. Ugh. Like, Jesus. Or yeah. in that, that song, uh, by the Beatles, uh, Your Blues. Yeah. Yeah. Even that, like when you were watching a, a concert or something and that song, we were like, well, those lyrics are super dark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Which is no surprise, but it's just kind of, um, crazy. I think that, like, it's so. It's so prevalent that these people are struggling. Yeah. But like and, and we're just like But yeah. then when they die we're so surprised like yeah. really? <laughs> yeah, and so shocked okay. and yeah. Shocked and saddened to yeah. learn. Yes, no. Uh <laughs> but it it is so interesting that this is the continuing saga. This this mm-hmm. has not gone away. The, uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm probably going to check out that Demi Lovato uh, mm. s- the, uh special. It's, yeah. it's on YouTube because we do have YouTube Premium still. Yes, yeah. uh, and it's available through that. Um, I mean, it, yeah, it, nobody saw it coming. Like, and she was just like, yeah. just dying inside, and mm-hmm. tried to tried to end it. I mean, it, it's, uh, but I mean, there's sad stories in in some ways. I was like, Ugh, I don't need any more of that. But mm-hmm. um, it is, yeah, uh, you know, uh, if we're talking about crossover with with the other podcast, the one your mom's doing. I mean, yeah, yeah, this yeah. Stuff, this stuff is just y- you never know. You mm-hmm. you never know. Definitely. Um, huh? Um, I don't know. I think that'd be something if I were to fight for some change in the world, I'd probably do go for something along those lines of in the music industry. I don't know. I was thinking like, even when I was at the bottle depot yesterday, I'm like, and you know, of course where, where we live, of course it's all like, you know, 60 year old men with beer. Um, and you know, they're taking in their beer cans and, uh, they're going back to the broken homes they created. (laughs) But, but I'm like, man, like I feel like, like I would, f- if I were working there, I'd feel some responsibility to say, "Hey, this is a lot of beer. Like, are, yeah. are you doing okay?" Yeah. Well, but I was wondering, like, some <laughs> of those places. Like, I always loved it when you go into a casino, and then there's always these posters, like, "Know your limits. Stay within." Yeah. It. Uh, yeah. Well. Okay, yeah. Here's my twenty bucks, but. Or even on like cigarette packs. Ye- well, yeah. Those are just that's beyond ridiculous. Oh yeah, that absolutely. Yeah. It's just. But so yeah, funny. Bottle Depot would be a good place. To like, hey, you think you're having a problem? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even like, yeah, yeah it's just, uh, yeah, cases and bags, yeah. and you know, I'm coming. Meanwhile, I'm this you know white kid wearing a Supreme hat, yeah, coming <laughs> in with a fucking bottle of <laughs> big thing of Diet Pepsi cans. Like, yeah. Yeah. God, it's great. Oh, yeah. Such a uh, schism or a yeah. juxtaposition, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, you know the. The only way people could kind of deal was was booze and primarily mm-hmm. booze. There was yeah. other drugs depending on what part of the world you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
this isn't really new. I think that you know the, the technology changing and moving forward and and the whole social media thing like that. Yeah. It's a thing for sure. There's no question yeah. about that. But uh, there's always been an element of like the human condition is is a weird one. You know, mm-hmm. it is not. It's because we have these conscious brains, we can just get ourselves in all yeah. a whole bunch of trouble. And yeah, yeah, that's uh, boy. Well, on that note, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah. I, hopefully, you can check out towns. I mean, but there and you know that rabbit hole. There is just there's no end to to the names. Uh, but yeah, t- towns was always a name that was big for me. Still is in in my mind. And, uh, and definitely left his impact, you know, uh, for me, it was obviously through the covers mm-hmm. that, uh, that people had done of his tunes, but, um, you know, th- this is a weird curio, this album in particular for the sake of the song, because it, you know, it's one of those examples of where they tried to, you know, shine him up. Willie Nelson went through that too, you know, they mm-hmm. tried to fit them into the sounds of the day or yeah. work with the quirkiness and, um, yeah, it just didn't work. Yeah. Like they're, like they're just trying to take some creative control or... Sometimes it's creative control, um, and sometimes, honestly, it's you know it is a natural thing for sure. It's like let's let's sh- take the coal and turn it into a diamond, or or mm-hmm. let's sh- sh- uh, you know sand off the rough edges and and make it a little more palatable for the masses. And sometimes it works to great r- results. Uh, yeah. Um, but it's not. It doesn't always work that way. So traditionally, there uh, before the Beatles, basically. Um, Bands or artists would uh, rely would record songs written by professional songwriters. They would mm-hmm. go into professional recording studios. They would uh, be recorded and engineered by amazing engineers and producers, and then the music would get put out there, and they would go perform these songs live. But um, the Beatles really shook it up yeah. because they wrote their own material, and then they started becoming part of the you know it used to be like don't touch that knob like that's for, yeah. the, for the unionized guys right. to, and gals to do, but they would just start monkeying with like it, the beginning of revolution by the Beatles that. Oh, you're right. I remember that, that one. They just, that's actually. like just plugging and, and cranking <laughs> yeah. these knobs right beside yeah. you. Like, and it, you're not supposed to do that, but actually you're not really wrecking anything, but that, yeah. it, uh, that's, you know, the, the, there's a line and you, and you can't cross it, but yeah. So it, it really changed everything. So it put a lot of pressure on, on artists from then on to the economic aspect, of course, too, is to write your own material. Mm-hmm. And, but there, it's just creatively, it's like that, that full expression. But the Na- Nashville continued on this this path, and to this day is still primarily like that, where you will have a, a person like a Towns Vinzant write the songs, do their thing, you know, living, doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. And then fam- more famous people that have actually been able to jump across the line to sing these songs and get them out to the masses. So it's not the actual songwriter that right. that gets known. But then, you know, with liner notes, that was another Dylan thing, by the way. Dylan was one of the first to really use the liner notes as mm-hmm. he would actually list who the musicians were. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Obviously, he was primarily the songwriter. Uh, that's kind of one thing that I like buying physical music for, totally, is yeah. to read in the, and look at the pictures. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's an experience, right? That's is, why vinyl yeah. is uh, is amazing. Yeah, they, there's, it's the tactile experience of uh you know it's like going to get the drugs it's not the doing <laughs> yeah it's the <laughs> yeah <definitely. laughs> it's not the listening of the music i could do yeah. that on yeah on spotify um, yeah london drugs had a sale on 21st century breakdown by green day how much the cd seven bucks oh the cd the yeah. cd yeah the v- and they had american them. idiot on vinyl for 31 dollars which yeah. well, that sucks but for vinyl you know it's probably pretty good 
well, quality. yeah, that's about right. I mean, I, I still think it's in in some ways it is too much, but it, it is expensive to make vinyl too. It's yeah, a, it's a labor intensive process, and they want they do them in short runs. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it it costs a lot to because just I just know because I've looked into doing my own records for fun. Yeah. And, uh, um, Definitely. There's one of my buddies, uh, Trevor Panzak. He actually did vinyl. He's he's oh from yeah, Lethbridge. Yeah, I'll to him too. Sweet. Yeah, uh, yeah. He did his own. Yeah, or like he got it done. I think we had one in Edmonton here in Moonshot. I think it was. Called. Oh yeah, like uh, you would just go with one. like, like how do you what do you do? Well, so they they they, they take they, they cre- you create an acetate, so it's it's the the inverse of of the vinyl. They okay. they etch it. They, it mm. gets recorded. Um, from the from the master, so it gets basically dubbed over, right? And then, mm-hmm. um, and then they take big globs of the vi- the the liquid, whatever vinyl, and, and then they it gets pressed into with these big like huge iron like cylinders, and then it just creates this like <laughs> like when you take play doh and you push it yeah, down yeah. into a thing, it's <laughs> like that. That's how they make records, and cool. it's uh, and there's be these big machines that come they c- they cut around it to make it yeah. nice and round and and. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's a it's a very labor intensive thing to manufacture them too, mm-hmm. and because it's such a niche thing now, uh, you know, a lot of those places that made vinyl just, they just shut down. They sold yeah. off their stuff. They were expensive to maintain. Yeah. Um, but you know, enough. They did s- maintain some of them. Like if I recall, like pr- like in the nineties, I think Pearl Jam was always on vinyl. At least oh yeah. Through the first ones, you know, even then, because vinyl never really went away in some areas of the world, if I recall, and cassettes too. Oh yeah, you know, cassettes haven't. I seen. I haven't seen make much of a comeback. No, there was a lot know. of talk about that. It's but hard to predict when something will come back. But Guardians of the <laughs> Galaxy was the one. Hey? Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the first cassette in a certain amount of time to actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah, awesome. What was it? Awesome mixtape. I think it was called. Yeah, volume one or volume something. One yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I thought cool. that was pretty fun and cool. Yeah, and, and cassettes were or are still somewhat cheaper to make. Like if you want to do something that's tactile, but mm-hmm. kind of harkens back to another time, obviously I've done all my stuff on cassette for fun and I didn't yeah. do full sleeves or anything, but I just, you know, thought, Oh, just like a, like a mixtape. Cause it they are pretty it cool. Fit my brand too. Um, actually the singer of Haken and actually when that record comes in, we should do an episode on that. Sure. Um, yeah. but their singer Ross Jennings has a playlist. I think you'd actually probably like his playlist. Like the number one song on his playlist right now is, uh, Chris Stapleton. <laughs> yeah, like he's one? super cool music taste. I don't remember the song, but um, nice. it's called uh, "What's on My Walkman." <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, it's pretty. Uh, oh, awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I love their stuff, man. That's yeah, it's uh, cool shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which one is on its way? The mountain one, right? The mountain, the, yeah. Is it called the mountain? Yeah, is it? yeah. Yeah, the yeah. introduction that cool. I had to them. Well, I'll have to make sure that I have a spot on the H in this podcast. Yeah, list clear like it. I, I pretty much need Hornsby, so that's, that's, oh, that's going to have to happen. Which one? So. I mean, I'm not It'll super be the way it is. Yeah, we'll okay, talk about the yeah. way it is. Because I only know that. And was the album Harbor Lights? Was that what oh it was yeah. called, or was that just the song? Yeah, that was, okay. called, that was an album called Harbor Lights. It was okay, actually, yeah. and I think that piece of art on the cover is called Harbor Lights. I think that it was oh, some, really? some art. It's, a, I think, a famous piece of it's art. It's cool I'm, art. Yeah, sure. yeah. It's a famous picture. I think, yeah, there's some sort of a story around that. Yeah. And then um, Here Come the Noisemakers was the only oh other yeah. one I know of. The live album is so but good, yeah. Yeah, I actually really like the... I actually was inspired to learn the bass piece, um, if you remember, because it's like intro slash The Great Divide. Oh and I there's yeah. like that, that bass breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it sounds almost yeah. like the, the Mario. Um, yeah, it does. You know, yeah. Yeah, it totally does. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. 
Hornsby's uh, my, my my two Bruce's. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, Hornsby and Springsteen. That's that's all you need right there. Speaking of Springsteen, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you always got to fit a Springsteen thing in here. But in, in this case, yeah, the uh, I'm I know that you've checked out Darkness in the Edge of Town already, and I did. Uh, yeah, a couple days hit, ago. Uh, Born to Run fairly soon. Too. I was thinking about doing that today. Yeah. Actually, I was going to yesterday, and then yeah. I checked out something else. Do it top to bottom. To yeah, just do it once, and then you'll you'll want to do it again after. Like it, yeah. uh, eight songs. Uh, yes, it just doesn't. That is better. that yeah. is nice about a lot of music that I want to check out is that it's. I mean, I, when I listened to Tusk, yeah. there was like twenty songs, <laughs> yeah. but a lot of them were just like two minutes. Yeah. So by well, the time I was yeah. I was done from like starting my workout to the end, then it was thank like, yeah. goodness. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but there were some really cool songs on Tusk. There were a lot of really cool songs, and it's uh, um, as a as a proper album. It's it's a hard listen at times for me, but yeah, mm. I always thought you could you could make that into a pretty good single album if you wanted to. But yeah, but the charm is that yeah, it, you know, Lindsay was just a, a freaking genius, and he wanted to yeah. be Brian Wilson, and that was his Brian Wilson record. That was oh yeah. In fact, yeah, he even did the Farmer's Daughter, which is a. Um, Beach Boys song. He did oh it, yeah, they did it live on that tour, the Tusk tour. Oh, yeah. It was so so obvious, right? But uh, uh, yeah, definitely love that. Sweet. But uh, yeah, so yeah, you get a born run. But at a certain point, you'll get to the album called Nebraska, and it's mm-hmm. um, it was recorded in Bruce's bedroom on a, right. on a TAC yeah. four track machine. That four track machine, I think, is in the Hall of Fame. Maybe. Oh like really? It's, yeah, it's a it's a very important because it was such a nobody expected him to release an album like that, but yeah. Uh, you know, he submitted the songs to his you know, manager, and they're like, "Yeah, these are the songs. I'm hoping to record them going to the band." And the, they couldn't beat him. They just, mm. they just uh, put them out as is. <laughs> uh, but heavily influenced by guys like Hank Williams Sr. and uh, I don't know if Boat Towns in particular, but artists and songwriters like that. So it, it, yeah. it, it fits in that through line of of the in the f- the folk troubadour singer songwriter tradition, the the Woody Guthrie's and. I think I'd know. have to get through uh, probably the more um i guess like the the superstars that are in front of their heroes like towns yeah first before i kind of delve into the i don't know to me i guess it would be kind of like i guess like sneaking around back and checking out this guy first yeah i I think normally i listen to artists and then go into their influences well that's usually how how we do it i I yeah like my dad went through the the whole like these are the books that Springsteen liked to read, so now I'm going to read those books, you know, or, yeah, or these are the yeah. albums that he always talks about, so then you check them out. Yeah. Yeah, usually you, you kind of go backwards. You, you can't always go through the, the linear. I mean, the nice thing about The Passage of Time is that we always have the luxury of reading books and, and doing the, the studying, mm-hmm. but uh, y- you would have even seen this with, like, Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Like, um, all, you know, the, all of the pe- people that influenced Kurt Cobain in the book that you're reading now, yep. too, um, yeah, I mean, all of a yeah. sudden those bands and, yeah. and ours get get known, you know, like the Pixies and yeah, yeah. Uh, and then when you listen to them, they're like, oh yeah, that's totally Nirvana. But yeah. you always think of the the Nirvana sound or whatever. Yeah, even like yeah, like you mentioned, I'm reading Perfume by Patrick Susskind. Yeah, yeah, it's totally uh, Kurt's alley, Be especially because like you know in Euro, yeah. Kurt was he seemed to, and he openly acknowledged that he just I think he just liked women like anatomically and yeah. and like you know rape me was a song yeah that a lot of you know christians didn't like but the song was actually mocking rape and of course speaking yeah. out against it um 
Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, totally. Uh, very, very weird book, but it's very, wow. very dark and cool. Well, you can see where, yeah, like Cobain and and I know we talked about Paul and John too. Yeah, they, the the mommy issues are heavy with with Kurt yes, too, right? Yeah, and, definitely. And that can be, you know, very. Um, uh, yeah. Well, it's yeah. kind of a brings on some, I guess, philosophical thoughts. Like I, I, I often when I'm reading it, I think like, it's kind of bizarre to think that, you know, this legend that you know actually me and logan as much as we love progressive music we've jammed to nirvana probably more than any other band when we're not doing prog stuff yeah which is really cool because they're just a four chord kind of punk band they're a great great three piece <laughs> yeah but um i often think like like this legend laid his eyes on the same words i'm reading right now mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of yeah. weird to think about like he said he, he had a pocket edition he'd read it on the plane i'm like so he was in the sky to a world tour yeah. and I'm reading these words that he was reading at some point. Yeah. yeah it's kind of a weird, For sure, weird yeah, thought. It can, it can trip you out. <laughs> yeah, it can. <laughs> but it's heavy, but that is the, that's the beauty of, of inspiration and, and inspiration. Yeah. yeah. We all, we're all influenced and moved by things. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we, you, you know, as hard as I tried, <laughs> I, yeah. you can't, you can't pick the things that really get you, right? Like, yeah, you know, just that's you're, true. you're exposed by certain things and, and it's just the way the yeah. world works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, because I had been fortunate enough to go to the folk fests mm-hmm. uh, when I was quite young, too. That was, so I was pretty formative, right? So, yeah, like, yeah. you know, seeing Guy Clark and uh, get to see Katie Lang when she had finally kind of mm-hmm. hit, hit her stride as a, as a recording artist. She was just coming out of the Edmonton scene, moving, moving forward into the world I don't know, what scene. genre would you classify these people? Because to me, it sounded, this sounded... Uh, like what the songs we were playing sounded quite country esque. Yeah. What I would think of as country or old, like older country. Yeah. Well, they're they're called they're called folk folk music festivals primarily. Mm-hmm. That were that was the origins of it, yeah. which would be singer songwriter based, you know, acoustic driven. And with that, you'll you'll get a number of R and B influences. Mm-hmm. You'll get world music. You'll get um, what. Well, I bluegrass, right? Mm-hmm. So that they all kind of float in and out of this sphere, which is often referred to as like Americana or now, like that's become, or Canadiana. Like th- there's a more of a term for that. It's it's North American music, and it's um, a- at its core. So th- the best example of it is is the band, the band, the band. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. So they had that, you know, they had that sort of Civil War lyrics initially. Mm-hmm. Um, singing about, you know, about Acadian driftwood, you know, it's not like yeah. singing about the, the Canadian, uh, the Acadians, the, you know, leaving Canada, like, um, musically there was, you know, there would be horns there, mm-hmm. but there would also be an accordion and there would be electric guitar cause it was still, you know, post rock and roll. So. Yeah. Well, uh, I th- like the, I think actually I just thought of like four bands that kind of, um, the doors I would like to Another check out another mommy issue, by the way. Yeah, oh, really? Well, Jim, like Jim Morrison. Yeah, or? and yeah. if you, yeah, the the one uh, he got arrested for saying like, th- there's that one song about yeah, daddy, and then he says like, basically he's like says I want to have sex with my mom, kind of. He was like, yeah, because he was <laughs> like, he was like, yeah, kind of had this weird. Mm-hmm. Of course, it was all shock, mostly shock value, but right. yeah, that was like a big pivotal moment. There's yeah. a great movie, uh, all the str- Oliver Stone directed a movie. Just mm-hmm. called the doors, okay. and Val Kilmer played Jim Morrison. It's a good way to kind of get get the story a little bit. Yeah, um, I've struggled with the doors over the years because um, I, they were one of my earliest uh, bands. Like I never forget when Taylor was little. I was, I think I turned like eleven, and mm-hmm. 
Nearly knocked on my bedroom door, and Taylor gave me like oh, yeah. the copy of their Doors' first album on oh, CD. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, you know. So <laughs> it, I, I always have a soft spot for that one in particular. Yeah. I have them all on on CD, all the proper albums. Um, <laughs> but they really only had like three albums, I think, that are like crucial. Or you could even do like a best of and kind of get the get the deal. But mm-hmm. some guys, like yeah, they really dig in. Um, yeah, yeah, you'd like them though. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah check them out. Because cool like band too. Organ. Like, kind yeah. of thing yeah the, yeah the band itself like technically no bass player i think they did tour with the oh. bass player and i think later on they did have a guy that played bass for them but yeah all the bass was coming from the left hand on the organ. yeah hmm. that's cool yeah yeah good guitar parts too really yeah really cool band yeah yeah i love the organ sound of the oh, older yeah, yeah. Organ hmm. sound. yeah and you said the four bands yeah the boston was but yeah. I love the first record. Yeah. But I always I think of like that organ. I don't know why I'm oh, thinking yeah. about that. But oh, yeah, John. and then like Deep Purple. John Ward was a legend, yeah. man. Yeah. And I think there was one more I was thinking of. But for some reason, the band made me think of The Doors, and then I thought about those. Interesting. Yeah. But well, <laughs> similar era. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I could I could see that for sure. I, I would think that. I mean, and you're also looking at Offset Coast too. So mm-hmm. uh, The Doors were quintessentially an LA band. Whereas okay. the the band started in Woodstock, New York, so just north of uh, of New York <laughs> City, there's a whole arts community up there. Yeah. Uh, and the Woodstock Festival, of course, took place close to there, not actually at Woodstock, yeah. but um, yeah, very creative kind of area up there. And but that's where the band uh, made recorded their first album, Big Pink, was the name of the okay music from Big Pink, and then they recorded yeah. in a house that was pink, and oh. yeah, uh, that and they were Dylan's band at the time, right? And that's like he played. They played for him. Or? Yeah, they oh, were his touring I didn't know band. That. Yeah, That's there's cool. a whole story. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to get you either reading or watching the, the documentary about that. Because, <laughs> cool. but yeah, so they in in some ways they are and polar opposites because the band was was about the an, they were anti-image, right? They were mm-hmm. they would wear like mm-hmm. very um, like old clothing, used clothing. Yeah, uh, and like in, in homage to like. Um, Civil War stuff, or just like the okay. kind of that that get back to the grassroots. Whereas yeah. the Doors, at least Jim Morrison was kind of the flashy dashy front man. Yeah, um, you know, got Pretty arrested eccentric. for showing his penis on stage. You know, like that kind of guy. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, but you know, both a big part of the whole story. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's. And great keyboard, you know, like Garth Hudson's uh, keys were just that was a big oh, part yeah. of their sound. They very, like, uh, he used like early synthesizers. Mm. And, you know, just made. Really, really cool stuff. Hmm. Yeah. What year was this out? So the uh, same year the band came out. Yeah, sixty eight. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. So yeah, I mean that was the Renaissance, right? That was the rock and roll Renaissance. So and where um, w- where was he from? Uh, Towns was from from uh, Fort Worth or Dallas or something. Yeah, he was from from Texas anyway. Yeah. Okay. Ended up dying in in Tennessee though, but because uh, you know he was still a recording artist but yeah so his impact uh, plus it's what a cool name hey like, yeah it is you very know, like cool. towns, and i think that yeah that was like his middle name there's like john towns van zandt or something but oh. um yeah well, which is a an english thing where you call people by their middle names, right yeah so, um yeah and and that you know that name and his songs and the impact i mean the um the, the first time i remember seeing some reference to him a little bit more other than the, you know the original exposure to him through Elmira Harris and, and mm-hmm. Merle and Willie was uh, with a band called the Cowboy Junkies or a Canadian band Okay. from Toronto. Yeah, the, the Timmons um, siblings, Margot Timmons is the singer. And so, and they were, uh, along with Blue Rodeo in, in the mid to late 80s, they were a, a, uh, a band that were kind of 
arty punk in a way early and but then mm. they actually did like very country yeah based uh, music too and they they covered i think they covered to live is to fly uh, and he wrote them a song called Cowboy oh. Junkies Lament. Oh, like so Blue Rodeo? He wrote, uh, no, he wrote uh, them. the Cowboy Junkies, yeah. Or they wrote him. He wrote a song for them called oh, Cowboy Junkies okay, Lament. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then they recorded, uh, yeah, was that album? Yeah, Black Eyed Man was a great album. Yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. uh, yeah, they, yeah, Cowboy Junkies Lament, he wrote for them. And then they, they did a song called Towns Blues. And then they covered To Live Is To Fly. And that was like the end of the album. It was a very interesting um, way to to end the album i thought mm-hmm. anyway yeah because yeah. it was a very they were still somewhat you know on, on the rock charts a little bit like they had a few singles uh they had to do it with john prine too on that one uh, oh yeah you were the woman and i was the man yeah i remember hmm. that yeah that, that was i really liked the, that album um uh, i think chris went through a, a, a cowboy junkies face off without them yeah michael timmons is the main songwriter and then his sister margo is the, okay. the singer tims uh, timmons timmons yeah. okay yeah, uh, caution horses. Yeah, like they had some great albums too. But yeah, it, that was uh, I think the first time I remember seeing like more uh, discussion or about Townsend's end in particular. Mm-hmm. And you know he was still alive by then, but not not for long. Clearly, yeah. their their big album was called the Trinity Session. They recorded it in this like old church, and they did a lot of I think it was all covers or mostly covers anyway oh, of yeah. like old country songs and <laughs> yeah, I'm still in smoker car. Yeah, Jane, yeah, Jane's. Yeah. Oh, they did Sweet Jane by Lou Reed too on it as well. Oh yeah. 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 See, Lou Reed's another kind of uh, all the artists from the '60s and like yeah. late '50s kind of start to blend. Well, yeah, he <laughs> was he was late '60s, but yeah, yeah. They even yeah. start to blend, but like in jazz and stuff. Like oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> all the genres, yeah. Well, you'll you'll get into, it, and you may never totally dig Lou Reed. Actually, it's funny, yeah. Like Lou Reed was a, is was. Oh was now he's dead uh, a terrible singer and oh like yeah. uh like townsend Zander or chris christopherson like they're just god-awful vocalists right but there is a charm to them singing their own yeah. songs that they've written but um yeah there it always works better when in my mind when there is a, a singer that can deliver the song yeah in a yeah. way that is more pleasing to the ear yeah <laughs> oh, i had a question yeah. about um did was lou reed the guy who did a, a perfect day Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because yeah. Pain of Salvation covers it on their oh, yeah. album, yeah. Uh, their ninth album, Falling Home. Yeah, Perfect Day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was yeah, and Bowie produced that. Like it was, there was oh. a Bowie started he, like a lot of those artists. They start to support the acts that were important to them when mm-hmm. they're needing a hand up, kind of thing. And uh, yeah, yeah, Lou Lou Reed Transformer was a it was his second solo record, but it was yeah. it was great. I mean, it's uh, but he, again, he's one of those artists that like if you get past some of the. The weirdness, I mean, album to album, they were also all over the place, too. Uh, I even stopped at a certain point. Uh, the album called Berlin, you'll want to check out at some point. Okay. It was like one of those sort of albums that had a an arc, like a kind of a concept album. And okay. it got, nobody loved it at the time. Yeah. Now, a lot of people talk about it. But, <laughs> but yeah, they're very, yeah, similar kind of vocal styles where they, they tr- you know, they try and sing and then it just kind of falls off the notes. And yeah. But that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it's it, yeah, it's uh, very cool. Yeah, I mentioned yeah, Heartworn Highways, the the movie, of course. Um, yeah, very very important movie. I didn't, it didn't get released till you know years after it actually been shot. So you mm. know, it was recorded in the mid seventies and then came out later. But uh, yeah, it's it's just really interesting to see these guys in in their prime. Ultimately, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the prime drinking and smoking. Yeah, and yeah, yeah like, that is the prime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. It Which is, is always amazing, actually. That <laughs> I always thought that they can perform. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. But they they do, and that's yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's part of the charm. 
And then the other thing, but yeah, I mentioned his name too. So Steve Earle, um, his son mm-hmm. was named uh, uh, Towns. Right, right. Joel Justin. It was JT or Justin Towns Earle. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we just lost him. He passed away right. not, not too long ago. That yeah. was suicide, right? Yeah. Well, it was drug overdose, but I mean, he he had a hard time, so it wouldn't accidental. It likely, yeah. yeah. I think he had been like a lot of these people. They get clean, and then mm-hmm. when they go back, they start doing as much or more than they did before, mm-hmm. and then it, it knocks them out. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was tough to watch because obviously one of my heroes, um, Steve Earle, and then seeing his son, mm-hmm. knowing about his son, like he w- there was a song called uh, Little uh, Little Rock and Roller on on oh, yeah. the Guitar Town album that was about Justin, you know, like he, cool. yeah, it was a, it was a song that he wrote and recorded for his son, and and he uh, Kevin Welch did the same thing on his first record, mm-hmm. so a song for Dustin it was called, and it funny because the, all those kids ended up having like a band together oh like, yeah it's so these cool. these kids of, of my heroes you know, are about my age or yeah. younger whatever at times and <laughs> they all but they all have these shared experiences themselves right their dads yeah. are these you know singer songwriter touring yeah um, legends and they're, they're never home but they're you know they're impacting my life and your life yeah that's they, true meanwhile they're you know they're abandoning their, yeah. their children. So yeah, hence another reason why I try to stick around at home a lot, but yeah. you know, for yeah. you, but, uh, uh, I did my share of music, <laughs> yeah. of course, but, uh, yeah, you know, mostly weekends and stuff. No, the industry yeah. changed. When I was younger, you, I remember you touring a bit. Yeah, with yeah. Gord. Besides yeah. that, yeah. A lot. Yeah. 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 And, and I had busy <laughs> times of the years for sure, but, uh, I think I just, I kind of thought it was just cool. Well, yeah, and I and it, I think it was too. But plus, I you know I think a lot is made. Oh, these these dads were gone a lot, but you know mm-hmm. also they're. I think the Steve Earle was about to say when when I was home, I was in the bathroom a lot. You know, because mm-hmm. he was doing heroin, mm-hmm. right? So you know, doing yeah. drugs in the bathroom. You're you're home, but you're not really home anyway. Yeah. So, but mm-hmm. uh, it's sad that you know, like Justin ended up with his own, um, his own problems. You know, yeah. Justin Did he have any own. music? Well, yeah, he was a singer songwriter as well. And okay. there, there's some. I read a, an article that kind of disturbed me a bit about that because it, it really sounds like you know Steve was pretty hard on, right? On I Justin think we were Tone, talking about yeah, that. because he was. I think he just wanted his dad's approval, and I he mm. was a pretty good songwriter singer, but he yeah. ended up living the life that you know mm. he was writing about, and yeah. ended up mm. dying from it. And uh, yeah, it's really sad. But and uh, on a on a more positive note, so you know he was named after. Uh, after, after Townsend's at, and then um, from Alberta here we have um, a girl named Tennille. Tennille. She goes by Tennille Towns. Okay. Oh, yeah. I've never heard so of her. Yeah. yeah. Well, you wouldn't have known her. Yet. I mean, she was she's quite young. I mean, she's uh, not even thirty yet, but she uh, she's really from Grand Prairie, and she's okay. a huge uh, pop country star. In Towns. Um, her, her name is Tennille Towns. Like her her real last name is yeah Matter. Yeah, very Towns hard to pronounce. After, like but I yeah, they, they they changed her last name like to more okay. of a stage name, and they used Towns. And I thought that was kind of cool. Like, I I don't know if she would have been influenced by him or not. I don't think was so. That, but did they say it was a reference to Towns? They never addressed it. No. Was it spelled the same? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel like. But yeah, they needed to give her a, a different last name because uh, yeah, her her real last name is very hard to pronounce and spell. Mm. Um, yeah, that is a big thing. I think. It, well, it is. Yeah, it used to be a lot more common. I think back in the day, they were you yeah. would just instantly be given a, a different stage name, and then you're kind of left with this legacy uh, yeah. of a, of having a different name. But of course, nowadays with with social media, um, just the internet in general, it's so easy to find out things about people you can't really yeah. hide like it's just yeah. you know, wh- whether or not uh, 
you're going to use your real name or part of it. I mean, I struggled with that too. I mean, I, yeah, like Karak is a cool name, but it's also like, to me, it's been kind of a nuisance, but um, yeah, I've never, I, I mean, yeah, the only thing person I think I've seen Karak is Karak Pines. Of course. Yeah. That's kind of where it comes from. There are a few, like if you start searching it up, it's always like in, in Britain, there'll be like this Karak so-and-so and and he'll be a guitar player. Right. You know, because their dad was a fan too or whatever. Yeah. What's up there, but. But yeah, the, you know what's in a name, right? That's uh, yeah. the Shakespeare stuff. It's it, it it's um, you know it, it, your name is your name, and of course I've got the the hyphenated last name issue. You're gonna have to deal with that too. You yeah, figure out uh, just go by Hendrix. Or, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean our you know our last name is, is Hendrix West for sure, hyphenated, and that's all part of my part of my journey, which extends to you. And that's um, yeah, but it's yeah, it, it, as far as a stage name goes, I mean yeah, uh, got options. <laughs> well, you do, yeah, of course, yeah. And I and now of course uh, there's like that is it there there's that girl named her H E R, yeah like she was an artist under a different name and then she changed it also Lana Del Rey had like a couple different names too oh yeah she, yeah she hmm. before she finally took that name on and and sometimes they use that that name as a, as a signal that you know this is a different project mm-hmm. um, I <laughs> I am this project it sounds like a band name sometimes but it's like well even like the weekend. Yeah. Oh, oh, is your name the and then your last name weekend? <laughs> yeah. Like really, yeah. But yeah. But people understand that yeah, he has this other name, but we call him the weekend. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. M and M. Well, yeah, right, I mean obviously the, the hip hop community has a little bit different. Oh you know, yeah, I mean uh, they have legacy. a lot of it, but yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> but it's it is uh, you, but whereas again in, in, in country or, or at least music where where the lyrics are are kind of front and center, there's a, a feeling that um, there's a, an honesty and an integrity and a, uh, with, with the listeners, they feel like they know you, and in some ways they do know more about you than maybe you want to. But yeah, I um, always think about that when we're talking about people. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of crazy how much. Well, anonymity is hard. I mean, unless you just completely go off or off social media. I mean, you, it's easy to disappear if you want, but I mean, if you're if you're in this 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 journey, our, our job is to get out there and sing our songs and tell our stories and yeah. connect with people and um in the country community especially uh, that people need to feel like they they know you mm-hmm. and and sometimes that means you using at least part of your whatever your given name is yeah your yeah. last name or and all that so quite the uh yeah quite the stories and but uh, yeah so this was a, a good good chat around mm-hmm. towns and zant uh, check them out the, the playlist is uh, is already available and uh, yeah it's been uh, good excuse to talk about towns you know his his legacy w- will always live on and he's a he is the the watermark that we all try to uh, strive for when we're writing songs mm. there are a number of others too in fact i, I see that uh, on the back i didn't even know this till now mickey newberry actually writes the the back of like he wrote the oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i mean nicky is a also another one of those those songwriters from the uh, you know the, the american tradition of of um, you know amazing mm-hmm. folk-based uh, singer-songwriters and yeah and uh, the a lot of the music that uh, most of the music that I'm I'm influenced by and moved by and even some of the stuff you are is it, it's it's built on the shoulders of these yeah, guys definitely you know? so it's important that we uh, remember that and check it out for show sure. okay well Garrick Hendricks this road is mine mm-hmm. and uh, Cohen Hendricks are across yep. the table so uh, we'll. Uh, chat with you soon.